This is an ABC podcast. This is Roots and Shoots with Rowan Sabrina on ABC Radio Perth and WA and the ABC Listen app. Whoa, Sam. That's a new one, I reckon. Well, I, I have to say that Mickey was, she was fairly jiving to that little intro. She had her hands up. She was all over the place, leaping up and down. Yeah. Now, Funky one. Just now, to, you know, introduce us back together. Exactly, exactly. And uh, this time, just for a change, I'm in the studio in Perth, but you're not, Ro. No, no, we like to mix it up, um, <laughs> you and I. We're, I don't know what we are, star-crossed lovers. Oh, I um, think so. Magnets of the same end, you oh, know, like ends of the magnet that yeah, just repel. Negatively Something along charged. those lines. Yeah. But I reckon if we counted how many episodes of Roots and Shoots we've done together physically in the studio this year, we might at be <laughs> less than 50%. <laughs> Well, it keeps us fresh, really, doesn't it? It does. It and does. Absence <laughs> makes the heart grow fonder and all of that. Yeah, and um, an element yeah. of surprise sometimes when things don't work. But, you know. Correct, correct. Yeah. I've all got, of that. I've got Richard sitting next to me here in the studio and um, yes. he's going to make sure that things don't drop out. <laughs> he's... He is actually in charge, Richard. I hope you can hear me. He can. He is in charge of making you behave today. <laughs> now he's terrified at that prospect. <laughs> he's actually got uh, a bottle of whiskey in front of him at the moment just to get through the hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop it, you two. Um, Sab, on Tuesday when you were in, did you have the beautiful pictures oh, back in the system? It was amazing. Uh, we just clicked on a text and voila, a <laughs> photo, photo appeared with it. And you probably go to bed at night repeating the email address. So now you can cast that. Yeah. <laughs> it's Free all that about the text number now. You yeah. know, the beautiful thing was um, for the ABC Perth listeners on the le- in the lead up to uh, nine o'clock, I plugged it and said, you know, I was really excited about it. And boom, just like that, I had five messages with... <laughs> Photos come immediately through. So to our regional listeners, if perhaps you missed the memo, uh, we are back able to have your photographs come straight through on the text line. So if you've got some sick plants or something you need to identify, um, a bug or whatever it may be, that it just makes life easier for Sabby to be able to see it, then you can just send it through on that text line, 0437 922 720, and we can see it beautifully. We've almost got a full bank of callers, so we should get to them really soon. But I just want to reward Mm -hmm. um, one of our texts that came through earlier with the photo. Um, Hi, Sab. I'm hoping you might be able to help me identify some dieback I have in a 12-month-old avocado plant. It's been very healthy and been well looked after with some shade cloth around it on a wire ring to protect it from the wind, says Tim, and is now showing signs of dieback on some of its branches. I've cut these off and sprayed it with a Phosphite, yep. Phosphite system, fungicide. Will this help? That will definitely help, Tim. Um, Now, unfortunately, avocados are really susceptible to dieback. Um, The the phos acid that you've put on is really your best bet. Um, Some people, now I don't know if this works or not, this is just what I've heard from a couple of avo growers, that they have used chicken manure around the base of the avocado tree because chicken manure, well, it's got ammonia, but it's also high in phosphorus. So... um, Definitely carry on with the with the phos acid treatment and try putting chicken manure around the base of it, but uh, not if it's going to be really hot weather. Okay. Mm. All right. Thank you. Good luck, Tim. Um, well, let's get to your calls, 1300-222-720. And we'll start by helping Diane out with, I think it's her gladiola that she might need some support with. Sab, good morning, Diane. Good morning, Rowana. How are you? Good, thank you. What can we do for you, Diane? I haven't Hi, grown. Sabrina. I haven't grown um, a gladi for years. Haven't you? No, and well, they are a beautiful cut flower. Well, they are yes, and I've been gifted some, Ooh. but I'm not quite sure um, about the planting time. Is it now, or when uh, should I be planting them? You can plant them now. 
Um, so most gladi have already started flowering, but because they're because you don't actually lift the 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 corms up at all, you leave them in the ground all year round. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can um, you can plant them now. That's fine. Okay, that's good. And that I'm going to be busy this weekend. That's right. And that way, Diane, you won't forget to actually plant them. Because I find with bulbs, I'll find them about eight years later, uh, a shriveled up nothing in a paper bag because I've forgotten about them. Oh, no. Okay, well, it looks like a weekend job then. Absolutely. Okay. Not too much whiskey, you guys, okay, in the studio? (laughs) We'll try. Good on you, you, Diane. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Anna. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's after 12 where I am, Seb. Oh, well, you know. know It's five o'clock, the song was bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I've got my... um, my daughter and granddaughter over from New South Wales and the baby is really struggling. Well, I should say her mother is uh, with a three-hour time difference and oh, bedtime and, and getting up in the morning time is tricky. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Not that but I care. It's amazing the difference one hour makes. You know, uh, two hours yeah. seems manageable, but three just... <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, let's keep rolling through your calls. Evan has given us a call. How are you, Evan? Good morning. What can we do can for we you? Hello, Rowan, Melbourne, and uh, Richard, and uh, the witch, witch of the Garden. That's it, The 31st coming up. <laughs> yep, for sure. Um, I've got a tree. Um, it's got a coarse bark, um, gum nuts of small size, and the coarse bark has got deep ruts in it, and the gum leaves seem to be round. Would that be a tuer tree? Definitely not, because the gum leaves uh, are not round. Uh, it's uh, up in Lansdale, but it would have been put in by the Shire. Right. What I wanted to ask was, um, would a nursery know about a paint you can put over the saw cuts that I've cut the branches off? Because oh. the old saw cuts on the tree, on the um, um, outside growing layer, cambium, yes. I think you call it. Yes. The old old cuts, like the wood and that's gone grey, so the old cuts... But around the edge there, it's got a white fungus in a ring. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Um, so... I want to know about the new cuts that I've been doing yesterday. Okay. uh, Yeah. So if you've got a good sharp blade, you usually don't... Yeah, we have a chainsaw. We're fine with that. Okay. But we've (laughs) got the cuts in. We just want to know what paint to put over the timber. So it's not so much a paint... Oh, okay. So you can just Mm -hmm. use any acrylic paint, Evan. Okay. Any acrylic paint, not an oil-based paint. Right. And don't use that bitumous spray that right. they used to use in the olden days, just an right. acrylic paint. Would a nursery have a good idea of what sort of paint to put on the scar? Um, it's recommended that you don't actually paint a cut now because oh, the right. tree itself okay. um, can heal itself. Well, not so, on this cut. It's bigger than a dinner plate. It's huge. Okay, so you just... Have to cut the trunk off, see? Okay, get white acrylic paint. Okay, thank you. That's okay. all we want to know. Thanks okay. very much for Thanks, your attention Evan. today. Have a good day. Bye. <laughs> oh, I, I don't think you can believe me there Am for I? a bit. Oh, yeah. well. He was, he was with you by the end. Was pr- seemed pretty keen to get off and implement yeah. your suggestions. Yeah, so. straight away. <laughs> Goodness me. Jeffy Mount Barker, good morning to you. Hello. Morning, morning Jeff. Ah, I've got uh, two beautiful hibiscuses. They're about three metres tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was wondering, can I take about a metre off the top and when? Yep, you can. You can cut a metre off the top. Now, we usually say around September, October, so you're in prime pruning time. Okay. So that was hibiscus, not camellia. Oh, camellia. Ah, okay. Different thing altogether. <laughs> right. Has it, fin- <laughs> has it finished flowering? Has it finished flowering? Uh, it's just finished. Okay. Finished. Good. We'll do it now. Do, do it, it now. now. Yep. So camellias okay. you prune when they finish flowering. Yep. Okay. And how hard can you prune them? Well, it's best not to prune. You don't prune them hard, Jeff. Don't take more than yep. a third off. You wreck the shape of the tree. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yep. Oh, these are old, beautiful ones. They're yeah. at a motel, actually. Oh, wow. And uh, I just wanted to keep them as yeah, nice, nice yeah. order. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So a third, no problems whatsoever. Yeah, but the ones that are already in a nice shape, just tip prune them sort Just of thing. tip them. Yep. You don't need to do much at all. In fact, you don't even need to prune them. Oh, according to my manager, we do. Okay. All right. Well, just a tip prune. You can tell him I said only a tip prune on the really old ones. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. Thanks, Jeff. Radio. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye, Jeff. Uh, let's have a look at a couple of texts that have come through. There's one from Helen in Corrine here that says, Good morning. We have an indoor palm that gets a white powder on the stalks. And also, this is on the stem fronds. What should I treat it with, please? Ah. And <clears throat> Helen has sent us a photo because it's just so easy. Ah, how marvellous. Um, mm, um, oh, yeah. Oh, okay, so, Helen, that is um, that is not powder. That, unfortunately, is a soft-bodied scale called cottony cushion scale. So, ah. um, so you... Are going to have to get uh, an eco oil, like an oil based spray, or a potassium soap based spray. You're going to spray it. So take it outside in the shade, spray it once, and spray it again in two weeks' time. There we go. Mm. All right. Mike has said Hi, Sabrina, can you tell me what this is? It randomly comes up. On all my la- in all my large pots, I should say. Uh, oh, here we are. Yep, <laughs> yep. Um, okay, so um, oh, now this is this really weird epiphytic. It's like a brush. Um, so it's it it grows without soil because it can grow on other plants and I. I cannot remember the name of it. It's very difficult to control, but it will actually take from the palm that you've got in the pot. I would cut it down and get rid of it. I uh, can't remember the name of it, but it's a parasitic epiphytic plant. <laughs> parasitic epiphytic. epiphytic. I like that. Ah, it's All right. pretty groovy, isn't it? Now, what happens is it has a little fruit. The birds eat the fruit and then they poop on your pot and that's what comes mm. up. Okay, there we go, Mike. Uh, hopefully that has helped you. We'll head back to your calls, 1300 720. Sally's given us a call from Pemberton. Hello, Sally. Hello, Sally. Hello. What can um, we do for you Sabrina, on this fine morning? Well, it is a fine morning too. It's bloody beautiful. Oh, my um, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely enthusiasm. <laughs> Um, I have taken over a very large old garden in Pemberton mm-hmm. and I've got some very large overgrown Banksia's ericifolia. Yep. Um, how I, I am prepared to push them over if I have to. Okay. But how, how hard can I prune them back? Mm, you can't really do a hard prune no. on Banksia's. No. Do you know what I do, Sally? I do a little bit of experimentation. So do you need to take like 50% off them? Yeah, and some of them have been multi, uh, multi-trunked. Oh, and that's good. Half the tree sort of is yeah, dead. but half the tree sort of fallen over. Okay, all right. So what I want you to do is to actually experiment. Use one as one or two as experimental. Take fifty percent yep. to don't don't go more than fifty percent off and yep. see what happens. If those limbs do not die back, then you know that you can prune them quite hard. Sometimes it's a bit hit and miss with um, Banksias. Sometimes you can prune them then and they're all they're all fine. Then other times if you do that they just seem to cark it. So it's a matter yeah, of trial and uh, error. Right, lovely. I shall try that. Thank you. Yeah, it's on a it's on a roadway, so it's a buffer from the road from sound and visual stuff and everything. Okay, so yeah, yeah, I yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to bulldoze the whole lot. If no, I, no, I no, to. no. We'll try. Okay. Do do a trial on on a, a couple of them and see what happens. Thank you, my lovely. Okay. I can do that. Okay. Thanks, Sally. Okay, bye. Bye. 
Hey, Sabby, mm-hmm. I we didn't really get the chance to um, do the goat handover. <laughs> Have you, are you? Have you got them all at your place? Oh, do you know you're what? You're just fattening them up, or all those they're bloody kids? I had to push kids <laughs> out of the way to have them get near the goat. Oh, oh if you missed us last week, Sab was down in Albany, um, and some baby milking goats stole the show, which yes. Sab was a little concerned about and anticipated <laughs> might happen. We, we, you know, calmed her nerves and told her she'd still be the centre of attention, but the goats took over our program, it's fair to say, for the rest of the show. Um, and, I, I, you know, I've got a little someone who's very much waiting for a goat that Auntie Sam was bringing home from Albany. <laughs> well, unfortunately, you couldn't – it wasn't a um, click and pick Sale up. yard. Click <laughs> and collect. And also you had to throw away all the children that were in my pathway. Mm. Uh, but I did – I got you the contact phone number, Ro. So <laughs> – the chicken. They were very cute, actually. Those you didn't even bring goats. your daughter one back. No, she was very disappointed. But as oh. I did say to her, I'm away all of November and she's away all of December, so I don't know what we would have done with said goat, uh, only that we'd have to um, put it in your daycare uh, <laughs> with your baby goat, bro. <laughs> no, no, all I heard then was you're away all of November, which means Jess would be looking after it. Yep. And Jess is all away of December, which means you would be looking after it. <laughs> oh, no, they're Aaron, big, de- big demand. Aren't you sad to let you down? I'm big sorry. Demand. I sent that message. I sent a picture of, of me with the baby goats to Johnny Frog, and he said, we shoot them up here, but they taste delicious. <gasps> Not baby yes. goats, you know, goats, goats in general. Yes. Are. But then I said, these are milking goats. Mm. Mm. So yeah. you know. Anyway, not to be eaten. Yeah, not to be, not to be patted, <laughs> not to be loved, because they've all been left in Albany. Yeah, I do have to say, I reckon I was pretty equal with the goats, though. Yeah, I, like on, I, in celebrity status. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was in the town hall, so I could could see how many people were there, and considering how many people went to the goats during the mm-hmm. whole day, I reckon I reckon we were pretty even. I didn't have. I only had one child at my talk, uh, so you know, I reckon I win because I had more adults. <laughs> oh, I love it. If you've got a question for Sab, we will get back to your calls. Thirteen hundred triple two seven twenty. We'll have more of them next. You can catch up with the latest roots and shoots with Rowan Sabrina wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, make sure you download the Roots and Shoots podcast if you miss anything, uh, then you have the opportunity to listen to it back. It's there for, you know, eternity, let's say. Um, you can catch <laughs> up, scary. tell your friends about it down. <laughs> yeah, it probably is actually. Maybe we should go back and monitor them all and just make sure there's none that need to be taken down. We're lawsuit free at this stage. Uh, we yeah, still have our jobs. Right. Yep. We're okay. <laughs> <laughs> we are. We're doing all right. We are. We are. It's 23 past nine if you're in Western Australia. Um, Kyla has given us a call and she's in Como. Hey, Kyla. Hi. How are you going? Yeah, good, Kyla. Um, I have a question about I'm running an experiment this year. I'm going to try growing butternut pumpkins in a pot up a trellis. Yeah, perfect. Um, And um, I have the pot and I have – it's. That I've got the seeds, they've germinated, they're starting to grow. And I just want to know, I've never done it before, I want to know about like feeding it because it's in a pot. Yes. And so it'll be a little bit more needy, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great question, Kyla. So try and get a pot that is 50 litres big. Um, I've got an 80 litre one. Oh, you're going to grow pumpkins till the cows come home. Um, Okay, so get the trellis in place before you sow the seed or put the seedling in. Now, the thing with butternut pumpkins is they need full sun, they need free-draining soil, but they love manure. So get a really good quality potting mix. To that potting mix, add some compost as well. So you want two-thirds potting mix, one-third compost, and then you're going to put a top layer on top of the pot of sheep, cow or chicken poo. Um, And then... Uh, a, a good handful, so you want about 250 grams of a slow-release fertiliser that's got minerals in it. 
And then you are going to liquid feed it with a liquid fertiliser every three weeks. Okay. Does it matter what kind of liquid fertiliser or do you need to look for something that's like a tomato one? Oh, no, no, no. Any any liquid fertiliser. So um, now you're going to have to keep an eye on the flowers because the first thing that will come are the male flowers. Then the female flowers come after. So you may have to hand pollinate. You just rip the male flower off and poke it into the girl flower. (laughs) Um, And if you get... If you're only getting male flowers, then prune the tendrils back and you'll get female flowers. Okay. And in an 80-litre pot, like, would I have to limit it to one plant? Or no, would you can I get put away two. two. Yeah, you can put oh, two excellent. in there. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> they love hugging each other. Excellent. Hmm. Thank you very much. Good luck, Kyla. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Uh, we've got a text here that says, read the dieback in avocados. A couple of local growers said that spreading mushroom compost as a mulch helped recover their trees. Mm. Peter Cundall would have loved it. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Says. Pete would have. Um, so what happens there is the compost, the mushroom compost, actually feeds the microbes in the soil, which help the plants recover. Ah, Mm. There we go. Uh, Dave is in Alfred Cove and mm. he's given us a call. Good morning to you, Dave. G'day, Ray. G'day, Sabrina. How are you going? Yeah, good, Dave. Sabrina, I've got a PH question. So we've got about 180 square metres of turf and it was it's about two years old and it's been laid over um, some fill that we brought in to the block. Mm-hmm. And the turf's a bit patchy in a few areas, and I suspect it's a pH issue because I've done some tests, and the pH reading's at least nine-ish. And, and my question is, wow, yeah, do, do I hit it with sulphur? Do yeah. I top dress it with compost? Do I leave it be and just try and manage it? What, okay, what's the best <clears throat> so. Of action? I would say, Dave, the reason the pH is so high, what happens in some of the soil blends that you get, they actually add manure and it's usually chicken manure. Chicken manure has a very high pH. So once the manure releases, then the pH will drop back down. But what you need to do in the meantime is go and get some powdered sulphur and then put it to the recommended rate. Don't go over the rate that they recommend per square metre. Water that in, and then a week after you, or two weeks after you've done that, put a spreading of compost on top, like very lightly, very lightly. Yep. Yep. So maybe just a few few millimetres, you'd be sort of saying. I'm, I'm talking one. One to two millimetres. Yeah, just a very light, very, very light. You can actually get a lawn recovery type product um, that you sprinkle. So it's just like putting putting, um, dusting icing sugar on a cake. That's how fine you're putting it on. Perfect. Yep. Love it. Okay, cool. Thanks, Sabrina. Okay, thanks, Dave. We'll head to Leo, who's in North Perth now. Good morning, Leo. Oh, hello. How are you, girls? Yeah, we are fabulous. It's a beautiful day, and I'm sitting out the front of my favourite place, practically. That's Bunnings. (laughs) (laughs) Every man's dream come true. I go in there and I wander around looking at shelves. uh, It never gets boring. You usually so, find me in the power tools or the plant department. Oh, yeah, look, that's my favourite eye. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Leo, if we're going to yeah. let you back on our show, you need to understand we have a code name for that place. Yeah. All that just... <laughs> <laughs> wow. uh, look, um, we we call it a, a hardware store where we go to the hardware store. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, look. I'm actually, while we're on that subject, I'm actually ringing to ask you about zucchinis. Yes, okay. Far away. And um, uh, the girl that rang before about butternut pumpkin, see, uh, what I want to do is make zucchini flowers, stuffed zucchini Ah, flowers. Ah, yes, okay. Yep. Now, but hang on, but I'm concerned that if I pick the flowers, the fruit won't grow because the flowers become the fruit, right? So... 
Um, what do I? How do I do that? Uh, okay, so what you if you want to pick the flowers, Leo, the flowers come on the end. So you'll see the fruit developing behind the flower, right? Yeah, I've seen that. Yep. So what you are going to be doing is you're going to have the flowers and you're going to be harvesting tiny little zucchinis. Ah. Because uh, if you pick the flower too soon, the fruit right. doesn't carry on developing. It depends when you pick the flower. Right. So if you... So if I want more fruit, it's best to leave the flowers alone. And if well, I want more fruit... Yeah. Or pick the flower later on in development and the zucchini will continue to grow if it doesn't I rot. See. So once you see the zucchini coming out, you can pick the flower and the zucchini will continue to grow. Is that a good... Sometimes. Okay. Uh, because if you, when you snip the flower off, sometimes the zucchini rots where you've broken the flower off. I've had that happen before. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. It's... <laughs> are there different varieties of zucchini? Like yes. The ones that I've got seem to be like a bush, whereas yeah. some seem to grow like a vine. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So for you to get the flowering ones, you've got to go for the heritage Italian zucchinis, which you can buy from seed. Because right. that's that has a larger flower, smaller zucchini. Okay. So if you go on this, you go look at the places that sell heritage seeds. Hey, well, you, look, I'm at Bunnings. <laughs> you're at a hardware store. Uh, only Maybe in the not. world, you know, where you get the world, not in the usual stack. Turn to your right, and there's a, there's a all these stalls that have uh, world world vegetables. That's a hint. Okay. Check that okay, out. Okay, great, great, great. All right, okay. and we I want to I want a follow up report, Leo. Oh, all right, I will. I'll let you know. Okay, cool bananas. <laughs> Good on you, so Leo. Much. I really. Thanks for the laugh as well. Oh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> Enjoy your day sitting there in the. <laughs> In the car park, <laughs> waiting I'll for the get sausage. Oh, get a sausage sizzle on your way in. No, they don't do them anymore. Oh, don't do them anymore. That's criminal. Yeah, it is. Oh. It is. All right. Yeah. All right. Good on you, Leo. Thanks very much for giving us a call. Um, Sub, it's time for your pick of the week. Yeah. I was going to try and do the little jingle because I just realised I don't have the little jingle yep. with me yep. to play it for you. So yep. you're just going to imagine that you've just had that. Yep. And I say, Sub, what's your pick for this week? Well, I was going to do opera this week, but because we have a special guest in, um, mm. I didn't think that that opera was appropriate for the topic today because we're, we're going to be talking sort of uh, fire this, the, mm-hmm. in, in a little while. So I've gone mm-hmm. for the Hilltop Hoods. Oh, it's been a while since I've Yeah, been a while since I've played the Hilltop Hoods. Uh, I can't remember what the name of the track is, but um, <laughs> I know. No, it's Laced Up. It's called Laced Up because if you're a fireman, you lace up your boots and out you go. Oh, I love it. Here's Sub's Pick of the Week. Let us know what you think. 0437-922-720. I know you will. Let's get lost in a fantasy. Squander your salary, light a match. Drop it into gasoline. Live like rock bottom is a trampoline. You and I are going to paint the town. Do it like I'm going to take the crown at a restaurant. Upper echelon, the only... There we go. Pick of the Week. Bit of hilltop hoods. Erin, uh, who's still waiting for her goat, she may be disappointed. Oh. But her dad texts, you know, within three seconds of that song firing off with yeah. words I can't repeat on radio, but it's supreme enthusiasm about the hilltop hoods being played during Roots and Shoots. So. Um, Nadia and Giraween's pretty happy. Anya Sabrina, nice to hear some modern Aussie music on yep. ABC Radio. Yeah, that's me. Uh, William says, pick of the week, I'm just manually coring the lawn. Just put my hip jerks out <laughs> driving. <laughs> Go, William. <laughs> oh, that's all the feedback we've got at the moment, Sap. Uh, so oh, it's well. possible. Zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty, Or maybe, you know, when they... Give it the obligatory time and tune back. Oh, here we go. Yep, they're coming Love in the hilltop now. hoods from my Radelaide hometown. Ah, um, yes. Leo, oh, Misty says, Leo needs to come to that big green shed hardware in Mount Barker, SA, for the sausage sizzle fix. <laughs> 
still exists. That's a long way. That's a long way for your sausage sizzle. Listening from interstate, we love that. Um, Great song choice, Sabrina. Love the hoods, and I'm a sixty-ish nana too. Don't Ah. listen to the naysayers, says Suze. Haven't got many of those this morning. No. Um, Catchy, but so was COVID. Two out of five, (laughs) says Annie and (laughs) Chitlow. That was awesome, says Helen. Yeah, that was a groovy hanging up the washing, says Bron. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, Sab, says Bias (laughs) Bub. Haven't heard that for ages, Bias Bub. Chicken, chicken. I love it. Not too much this early, but just enough to get you motivated for the day. Love it. Very catchy. Beautiful day up here in Jero. And Bias Bub, I did get your text from earlier, which I would, if I can find it, I'll get back to it, I promise, um, because I noticed your beautiful artwork that you shared with us. And I think you wanted to give a plug. Oh, I think I might have just got to it. A community service announcement that Bias Barb sent through earlier. A reminder that the York Botanical Art Prize is coming up soon. And guess what, says Bias Barb? What? I'm in it. (gasps) Fantastic. (laughs) The winner will be announced by our patron, Professor Josh Byrne. Uh, at the opening at 1pm on the 26th of November and the exhibition will be running through to the end of Jan and the People's Choice will be announced towards the end of January and uh, a beautiful, beautiful piece of artwork by mm. Bias Barb that she shared with us. So good luck, Barb. We appreciate your correspondence each week. Um, M says, fabulous, putting all the backs out of kilter. <laughs> uh, Michelle in Cardup says, Sav's pick of the week. Love a bit of the hoods. Thank you. Mm. Uh, I think Claire the hoods says, have well, it. First... Yeah, I think they do. Claire mm. says, well, the first line was kinder about arson, but aside from that, I really got into it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I think it's really a thumbs up. Yep. I reckon, I reckon we're good. I reckon we're good. And speaking of arson, we have our special guest hero. Oh, we do. Mm. Just on our way to our special guest, I have to reward Ralph for being clever with his uh, puns. So he's written hi, you two peas in separate pods. <laughs> it's pretty clever. Is it too late to put in sweet flowering peas? No, I reckon that you can have a crack at putting in sweet peas just about any time of the year. Uh, I, I, I find seed packets that I've forgotten in drawers and I go, meh, I'm going to bung them in and see how they go. Quite often I have success, so I reckon put them in. Oh, very good. All right, on our way to Rowan Carboon um, mm. in just a sec. Let's go to Bruce and Jan quickly because they've been waiting patiently prior yes. to the track. Yes. So we'll answer their questions and then we are going to have a wonderful chat with Rowan Carboon. If Rowan's okay, I hope he's smiling and yeah. giving the thumbs up right he's a, now. He's a hoods. He's a hoods <laughs> man. He was jiving. He's good. Oh, awesome. <laughs> All right, well, let's go to Bruce. Bruce, you've been waiting patiently a mile up. How can we help you? Uh, well, young ladies, uh, I have a heat problem. You do? What's the problem? I've uh, got some garlic in that I've been growing all winter. Yeah. uh, Last year's was absolutely perfect. Grown from the same bulbs. Yes. uh, Some of these plants that I've got in, I've got in about 50 plants. Yeah. uh, Some of them have gone uh, matured quickly. Right. Now, I thought they just failed, but when you put your hand down into the soil, there's quite large corms down there. Oh, okay. Now, strange things about them. There is no sheath over there. Very full. Yeah. Uh, but there's no sheath over them. Mm, that is strange. That, yeah. Now, the other thing that's even stranger is they are so hot that you they're worse than any chilli. Are they spicy? Very, very spicy. I mean, I... Took just uh, about a piece twice the size of the head of a match. Yeah. And just chewed it on the front of my teeth and my tongue. Yeah. And two days later, I'm still burning on the tip of my tongue. Wow. That is so weird. Um, I have never heard of that before. Yeah. So that would be. Yeah, that would. Yeah, yeah, but not if it's going to burn your entire mouth out. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, now it could be because it hasn't developed the sheath, so it might be something to do with the oils in it, or it can be that that. I th- I mean, they don't cross pollinate with chilies. Definitely not. Um, it, it can be that the garlic is reverting back, but I don't know of any hot garlic. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to do some homework. <laughs> no, yeah. that's really, that's bizarre, Bruce. I don't, I'm going to have to do a fair bit of research on that because I've, I've never, ever heard of that before. Yeah. I thought, thought it might have been something uh, put in the soil or something that could cause it. Well, uh, have you been putting in chilli flakes? I mean... <laughs> no, no. So I don't... Really, they're really, I grow them in tubs. Yeah. And it's really good compost and yeah, good yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of this stuff goes in there. Yep. Yeah. No, I'm going to have to do a little bit of investigation into that. Right. Now, that I is... rang you... Yes, go on. I rang you flaming uh, quite a while back and I was going to put an electric blanket under the garden. Oh, yes, I remember that. Right yep. now... Never got it done. I'm oh. 83 year old and not capable of digging, and my no. my son's been too busy. So I might do it next winter. All right, and I want an update on that, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, I will. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thank you. Good on you, Bruce. Love you, Let's... Joe, and love your music. Ah, oh, thank you, Bruce. Ah, what a champion! Uh, let's quickly go to Jan, who's in Bunbury. Hey, Jan. Thanks, girls. Uh, <clears throat> great show. Love the music. Oh, thank um, you. Sam, the mango tree we've got this year is absolutely covered in flowers. Yep. Should I be feeding it now? No. You don't feed okay. mango trees when they're in flower, and you need to make sure you don't overwater it, Jan. Oh, okay. Okay, so people usually, yeah, dump a whole pile of water on, but just do your normal watering regime. Don't overwater. And don't fertilise. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Jan. (laughs) See ya. All right. Thank you, Jan. Thank you to all of our callers. You can still give us a call, 1300 222 720. We'll have time for some in a few minutes. But let's just have a chat with Rowan Carboon, who's come in to talk to us about fire-friendly gardens and bushfire risk and all things associated. It is the season. He's in the studio with you, Sab. Welcome, Rowan. Yeah, hi. How are you going, Rowan? Yeah, good. And Lovely so. to have you back on the program. Cheers. Um, when, when you say a fire-safe garden, what do you mean by that? Oh, look, I, I think I was in 12 months ago and um, we spoke about some research that indicated when you look at bushfire risk for a resident in a bushfire-prone area, the impact you can have around your property, whether your house survives a fire or not, and compared to whether someone's doing burn off 500 metres away a kilometre, and you get your biggest bang for buck when you do things on your own property around your own house. So I'm sure everyone remembers that. So that means as a gardener or someone maintaining your own garden and around your own property, you actually have a, a really important um, role to play and a big impact on, on uh, you know, how your house performs, how your life is, um, how you respond to a fire and, and what the outcome is. So that's the first tick. Don't, don't feel overwhelmed and what I do makes no difference because that's rubbish, makes a massive difference. Um, so that sort of leads us on to, um, I don't know, I've sort of got my six, I've brought in the six key things around bushfire risk is that we might just work our way through that. If yeah, that's, okay. that's that's so, that's good because yeah, yeah. we have this on podcast, so people who can't remember all six things, I, I usually can't go past two. Um, they can go back and listen to it. We'll so break it into three lots of two. Yeah, How's right. <laughs> okay, keep it. So, so the first one is is not even like this is for gardeners and non gardeners. Just in when a bushfire is burning in the landscape, it's a high risk day. It is just do you have a plan? Have you made decisions with your family? Have you got triggers to make decisions, safer places to go to? So that's sort of number one. If you don't even do any gardening, Mm. um, that's number one. But don't fall into that trap. I see it all the time where people go, I've got a plan and my plan's to evacuate and that's it. Because guess what? If the roads are cut off, there's smoke across the roads or you're left too late or there's people at home without a car, guess what? Your house is going to be your bunker. So that comes back to what have I done around the house. So that's number one. Number two... Really simple is have a garden, and by that I mean have a big garden. The bigger garden, the more the more you garden around your house, the better the outcome. Um, and maintaining, so this is not rocket science, is it? Maintain your garden. Do you do you mow? Do you rake? Do you prune? Do you water? Is it an area where you do things regularly, particularly through the summer period? But so my message is loud and clear: have a big garden because that will break up any approaching fire and perform better. 
Number three is probably, and this I've been doing this for 20 years when I um, run workshops and the like. It's a little, a little um, visualization and walk-in activity. I, um, if you think my house could be attacked by embers, radiant heat, or flames, stand back from your own homes. 20 steps, 20 steps or 30 steps, walk towards it and visualise there's a million embers impacting my house. So this is something everyone can do. Where are those embers going to go? We know from 100 years of research on how houses are lost in bushfire that it's often all of these sparks that hit your house. They land in the gutters, we probably all know that. They get underneath the building there, but they fall in the corners, in the, in the, they get in the cracks of the house, but they fall and lodge in bits of the garden. So walk towards your home and visualise where are all these embers going to land. A good indicator where they're going to land is where the leaves naturally accumulate mm. from the wind. Yep. So we've sort of got this awkward situation where where the leaves are landing, it's a nice little dry tinder kindle bed. Guess what? The wind's going to take all the embers there. So that's an area to focus your maintenance on, where are the leaves accumulating. Um, and then, so, that, so that's an activity everyone can do. Um, and then, like myself, I, li- I live in a bushfire-prone area, just up, up on the eastern side of the hills. Um, I've started to walk around my home this time of year and think, have a look at your garden beds. Where is it dry and, and tinder, you know, things are fine fuels and, and if, if I toss the match in there... Would what, it go whoompa? What, what would happen? <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, it's a really good thing to do. Mm. You, you sort of go, whoa, that's right next to my window or... Uh, Imagine yourself as an eight-year-old boy with a box of matches... That's what you've got to do when you walk around your house and just go, huh, where where would they be when I can't find where they are? Yeah, so... I, I mean, I did that when I purchased my house eight years ago. and I Sent soon... an eight-year-old boy out to love fires. <laughs> yeah. I, I soon found myself removing some plants and yeah. pruning and raking. Yeah. So tried to do that for a good five metres around mm-hmm. my house as a starting point. And then, and then if I was having garden beds close to the house, they were... They were species that were difficult to burn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. more fire, fire retardant. Uh, high in moisture mm. content, thicker yep. leaves, bigger, thicker branches. Waxy um, leaves. Yeah, that's mm. right, all of those characteristics. So I'm currently sort of going through that process of replacing plants. It's, I, you know, for everyone, it's, it's a, probably a slow process of replacing mm. existing gardens, gardens with, you know, yep. make better decisions as you go to the nurseries. Um, so focus, focus immediately around your house and then move out. Um, I'm, I'm in a brigade. We do, you know, burn off some people's bush blocks. And often on the way back out, I drive past the residents' home and I go, whoa, 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 whoa. We really need to talk about the 20 metres around your house. Right, yeah. Yeah, we, we did a burn 100 metres away in the fields down the back paddock. But yep. guess what? This is where the real issue is. So... Um, we, we really can't emphasise that enough. It's whatever's immediately around the house is the go. In terms of garden bed design, I, I think the best thing to say, it's really simple, is just clump, clump your garden beds into, into, into groups and, and isolate them from one another. Um, use landscape materials, corrugated iron, bricks, you know, elevated garden beds. All of those things help break up a fire run if a fire is running towards your house. So um, I've seen really good designs in gardens where, where uh, you know, the garden beds are elevated or yep. sunken and, and yep. it's sort of it's three-dimensional, isn't it? And yeah. So so the the vegetation that might burn in, in a drought on a high-risk day is, is separated by all these clumps. Um, and then, and then you can look at retrofitting your home to Ember Attack. There's good publications around how to retrofit your home. Really cheap, easy thing to do. I've lifted off the roof ridge on my roof and I'm rolling down, um, um, you know, uh, mineral earth uh, ins- insulation stuff. Rock wool is a good material. You can, you can just buy it really cheaply, put that back down. So I'm blocking up the gaps in my house. Lastly, if you want your property to be easy for a fire truck to access, um, it's just simple practical stuff. Make sure your driveway is big enough, your trees are pruned up, fire brakes are installed, independent water supply, and that's yeah. sort of regular stuff. Got the right fittings on your tank. Um, so basically, Ryan, yeah. if 
So where, but where do people go? Like if people want an assessment of their block, say I've just bought a, a magnificent mansion in the house, in, in the hills, because I'm on an ABC, you know, wage. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's, you know, double storey, four bedroom, three bathroom, all the things I like, outdoor cellar. Um, so I, I want to get it assessed What's the first step? Where do I go? So there's the DFES website with all the publications right. about how to establish asset protection zones around your home, fittings, access for fire trucks. Your local government and your local government brigades, we have people just walk in on a Saturday morning and say, I've got this, you know, this is where I live. Can you come out and help me assess some risk? Now, yep. sometimes brigades have capacity and the skills and some, some don't. Yeah. So local governments, the proactive ones, employ people to uh, help you assess risk around your home. And, of course, there's a private industry, which I work in. So there's a whole private industry. If you go on the FPAA, Fire Protection Association of Australia website, and look for qualified accredited people, that's your starting point if you're you're after good advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And um, so, so have you got any tips on fire-resistant plants? Look, it's not. Um, I, re- I think it's it's moisture content number one. Yep. Moisture content. What plants hold the most moisture? Yep. Um, so, a lot of native plants dry out a fair bit, don't they? Sav, in summer. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It They're might crispy. be. It, yeah. <laughs> it might be um, the native plants that originate from rain rainforest areas. Right. Yeah. The, the bigger the bigger leaf. Um, Plants that uh, and they have they they have they don't have fine branches they have thicker, um, stronger branching bigger leaves bigger surface uh, lower surface area to volume ratios they're yep. the sort of sort of characteristics we still don't sort of have an, an area where good advice is at a nursery and that's something we've talked about for mm. years hasn't it mm. if, if you yep I think the yeah. horticultural industry really needs to pick up the game on that where. You know where um, basically they can they look at how fire resistant a plant is. I mean, obviously, in a raging fire, there's not going to be any resistant plant once you've got an absolutely raging fly, fire. But um, Ro, you've got a question. No, I was just I was just going to say we've had some texts from from people wanting to be able to share this chat as well, and I, I just wanted to remind them that. Um, we do have the podcast, so if anyone wants to <clears throat> replay this chat, if they've heard it and maybe someone that lives in these sort of areas or um, farmer as, farmers, as Daniel has text that we'd like to share it with, then you can do that. Just get them to download today's edition of the Roots and Shoots podcast when it goes up later today. And, of course, um, it's available online at abc.net.au slash Perth. So, and, yeah, super, and Rowan's, super helpful. Rowan's just handed me a really handy little booklet from CFA called Landscaping for Bushfire, Garden Design and Plant Selection. Um, is, is this from the Eastern States, Rowan? Or is, it is, yeah. and I, my understanding is WA are working on one, have been for a couple of years. Okay. It still yep. hasn't come out yet, but it's going to be based on the same yeah. characteristics. But a, yep. a guide for residents to flick through and key out the characteristics of plants. Oh, that they need, and, yeah. And, and, yep. and, and you sort of come up with what perform better and what perform worse when um, all plants burn. So Yeah, it, that's... The but thing. but mm. better decisions mean you know better design, better mm. better mm. plant selection, better yeah. outcome. Every, everything makes a difference. There's no one solution to yeah. this. I know we we uh, sometimes we program, don't we, for that one, one big easy answer. Yeah. Never happens. And, uh, well, thank you so much, Rowan. No worries. We've so. got we've got a bank of calls and five thousand text messages. <laughs> Here, we've had one from Sam, I see, who has sent us a picture of a beautiful new little seedling. <laughs> oh, Sam, congratulations on your baby. Ah, it is lovely. Thank you for sending that through, Sam. He mentioned to us a couple of weeks ago, I think we, we did a bit of baby waiting with Sam. We did some baby arrival and first couple of sleepless nights with Sam and yep. now we've seen beautiful babies. So thank you, Sam. And thank you to you, Rowan. Um, a pleasure to have no, you on the program um, and super, super helpful to be able to share with our listeners. Let's quickly see if we can get to Gay and Sue who've been waiting patiently before we get out of here at 10 o'clock. Gay in Ellenbrook, good morning. 
morning. Morning, Kay. Sabby, yes. Sabby, yes. on your advice, I bought some myrtus. Yes. And I was, I was in the throes of planting today. Yeah. I've only put one in. I've teased the roots and put it in, but I'm very concerned because they're all really, really root-bound. Should I take them back? Because will it stunt their growth even if I tease them? Uh, no. Now, the thing about Myrtus Gay is you should be okay with them. All you need to do is tease the roots out. They actually, that's why they're so tough. They develop a really good root system. I wouldn't be concerned. Tip prune them and tease the roots out and just plant them. Thank you. And lovely to talk to you again, Gay. <laughs> thank you, Savvy. Have a lovely day. You too. Bye. You too, Bye. Yeah, thank you, Gay. Sue is in Williams Bay. We've got about one minute. Sue, how can we help? Okay. Hello, girls. Hello. Um, we, we have an old apple tree. It's about, well, we've been here 20-odd years. Yeah. But the last three years, we just can't control the powdery mildew on mm. it. Yeah. So I have... Well, the only thing you can do is do the midwinter spray uh, with a copper oxychloride and then you mm. do the bud burst spray with lime sulphur and then you can use wettable sulphur um, as long as it's not flowering. Oh, it's flowering. Yeah, yeah. You won't, we, yeah. Yeah, anyway, we just have to. I've just picked off a whole heap. The, the first um, leaves were fine. Yeah. But the new ones that are coming have got it yeah. on. Yeah. And you do the winter oh, well. spray? Do no, you, we don't. Okay. That's really going to help with the buds and the spores that are underneath the buds. Good on you, Sue. Thanks very much for giving us a call this morning. Good luck with that. Thank you to all of you who've sent, um, who've given us a call this morning and sent through text. We didn't get through nearly as many as, as you've sent in, which is normally the case, but lovely to have so many photos coming back through, Sab. Yes. Um, to be able to see that and have I the know. system back working as it should. Sabby, you have a wonderful time. You've got a few weeks over the ditch yep, um, yep. doing your thing. So yes. I don't know how it could be a bad time. Have a wonderful time. <laughs> I will. I know you'll miss um, me. I will. We'll oh. reconnect with you really soon. Yes. Mickey Cusack, thank you. Richard, thank you for being in the studio for me today to help out to make all of this work. Uh, it's been a pleasure as always having all of your company. Have yourselves a great weekend. It's now 10 o'clock. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.